Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. Our sponsor for this podcast is Trinity Rail, the premier provider of rail transportation products and services. With rail car leasing, manufacturing, maintenance parts, and innovative services such as Trinsight, Trinity Rail provides solutions to meet any need. Call 1-800-631-4420 or go to www.trinityrail.com for more information. Trinity Rail is built to deliver. Hello everyone, I'm Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures Media. The National Railroad Construction and Maintenance Association's annual meeting in January in Phoenix gave us two big treats. The first was the fact that the meeting was live once again, and it allowed us to network while catching up with those in the maintenance of way industry. The second was an opportunity that was given to us by Union Pacific to sit down and talk with Union Pacific Chairman, President, and CEO Lance Fritz. Jonathan Challen, publisher of RTNS, and myself had the opportunity to hear an overview on how things are going for UP from Fritz, who also talked about the industry's labor shortage. So here's our interview with Lance Fritz. Talking about capital projects, did you spend more in 21 versus 20? We did. Yeah, I want to say 20 was in a $2.8 billion ballpark. We're closing up on exactly what the number is going to be in 21, but it'll be a touch touch higher. Okay. What were some of the major projects that you had to deal with in 2021? A lot of, uh, a lot of continuation of what we dealt with in 19 and 20. On the overall network, we increased capacity through siding and siding extensions. We continued that. Uh, some of the same areas, but also expanded those areas. We, we did a little bit more work last year and going into this year east of Dallas. We, we had concentrated west of Dallas previously. We put more effort up into the PNW. Uh, we put more effort uh, west of San Antonio. Um, and also, we're, we just kicked off some effort in the back half of the year along the Gulf Coast between Houston and, uh, and Matamoros uh, or uh, Brownsville. What are some of the major projects you have planned for this year? Uh, one thing I didn't mention yet has been our, our work on intermodal ramps. So we popped up a ramp in the Twin Cities and we popped up a ramp in the Inland Empire in the LA Basin. We're gonna be investing in both this year. Um, we're also uh, investing at, in expanding the network in alternative ways. So we're spending some capital on transload and transloaders. Uh, we've also done some unique things in G4. We'll be closing up a, an investment that's been about a year and a quarter underway for a, a, a grain transload facility so that we can get uh, grain into outbound, westbound uh, international boxes. 
Uh, you'll see us um, continue to invest in some of our critical terminals. We've, over the course of the last four years, we've essentially rebuilt Inglewood in Houston. Uh, we've got about another year of investment this year on that. There's other investment in and around Houston to support the petrochem industry. And you're gonna see us continue to make investment, finish out investment in places like Chicago as we converted Proviso to G2 to, to expand our domestic intermodal ramp at Proviso and consume the hump yard there. Um, yeah, so just a, a myriad, and, and it's, it's all rifle shot uh, uh, meant to either enhance safety, enhance productivity, or, or support volume growth and service reliability. One thing I haven't mentioned yet, of course, the baseline, you know, 1.8 or 1.9 billion, just simply in the network, uh, with a bit more capital also put towards uh, locomotive rebuilds, uh, which increase the reliability and reduce uh, their emissions, their greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, and we're also in targeted ways buying freight cars, uh, containers, and chassis. So I know the short line industry is, is going through uh, a worker shortage for the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious to know, I mean, are you dealing with that? I mean, it seems like everyone's dealing with a worker shortage in, in every industry. Yeah. Um, have you been spared of that or do you have those challenges as well? We have some challenges like that as well. There's, there's real tightness in some parts of the market like diesel mechanics, diesel electricians. Uh, in our TENY, we've got some spots of the network where... We're tight on conductors and engineers. Uh, and in our office environment, we're tight on uh, data analytics workers, uh, machine learning engineers, uh, those, those kinds of jobs. Um, I wouldn't say that labor shortage has created any significant negative consequence for us. I would say that you combine uh, tight with COVID impact and availability is causing us uh, problems periodically around the network. It had been concentrated in the southeast part of our network, call it in the fourth quarter of last year. That looks like it's healed up largely, and now I'm more worried about uh, the central part of our network, call it, um, we call it the Great Plains. So it would include North Platte. It would be basically from Chicago west into North Platte and maybe south towards Kansas City. And again, it's really about us not having done an adequate job of forecasting what the impacts of COVID would be at this moment when we were making our, our uh, hiring plans and executing on them through last year. So we've accelerated all of that. I think we're gonna be okay, but it's tighter than I'd like it to be. I'm curious if I can add one thing. Implementation of drones in mm -hmm. inspecting track. Mm -hmm. what, what's UP's philosophy on it? Are you starting to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've probably got, uh, Kristen, I think we've made this number, a couple of hundred uh, uh -huh. drones deployed and uh, mostly in the engineering world uh, with trained operators. And we mostly use it for, to your point, yeah. track inspection, but a lot of times around an event, right. either a weather event, uh -huh. and we put drones in before we put humans in, right. or a derailment. Right. Um, we've also automated some bridge inspection where bridges can be particularly difficult mm -hmm. or uh, have a high risk for an operator to, to get out on the bridge. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
How about, I'm curious, Brosnian Yard? Brazos. Brazos. I toured Brazos. that about five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And that was going to be a huge, It was going to be gigantic. It was going to be our, our largest single capital. Right. Investment. I'm just curious, personally, you know, what's happened with that? What, what is it on the network today? What's sure. it going to be? Our transformation away from how we used to run the railroad to the right. way we run it now yeah. made it obsolete mm-hmm. as, a, as, right. a, as a rail yard, as a... As a uh, manifest uh, terminal, so right now we're using it in part uh, for sit storage and transit for some of our customers. Uh, we're using it in part for block swapping. It fits the network really well when we want to run a train that's originated somewhere, drop off cars and pick up other cars and go, as opposed to do a complete reclassification in yard. Okay. Uh, so both of those are quite real. Um, but I don't think in my tenure, and I don't think anytime soon, it's it's ever going to be a, a rail yard. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So extreme weather events, uh, they're becoming more common. You mm-hmm. have wildfires pretty much every year now. You have extreme rain events. You have hurricanes, increased number of hurricanes. Um, how has that changed your approach to your, your capital projects, your, your maintenance and, and whatnot? And, and are you going to see a, a turn, for example, um, wildfires? Yeah. Uh, are you going to be building more concrete bridges as opposed to timber bridges? Yeah. I mean, has that changed your line of thought at all? You know, uh, it, what's really changed is our application of technology and being smarter about the kind of uh, investments we make. And, you know, a couple of uh, great examples of that. Um, UP Shake. So, th- so this is pretty esoteric, right? But... Uh, historically, we'd have a, a earthquake somewhere. We'd have a standard that we would apply in terms of magnitude of earthquake, in, and then we'd d- dictate a footprint where before any trains ran, we would have to have an inspector go out and put physical eyes on every piece of railroad before a train went over it. Uh, we put some technology and some algorithms, a little AI, to that problem. And now we have a, an, an algorithm, a, an application called UP Shake that takes about 85% of that excess footprint and safely reduces it. So you're only inspecting the areas that are really likely impacted. That's just one example. Uh, we do the same kind of thing with large uh, water events. Uh, we're much better about uh, forecasting hydrology on where we think uh, catastrophic rain or flood could occur, what it might do to our railroad, and what we have to do to uh, make the railroad uh, a little bit more robust. Uh, that might mean punching in some culverts where we don't have any, expanding culverts, or raising the railroad while we do all of that. Um, and when it comes to things like wildfires and bridges, we've made capital investment in firefighting equipment and expertise and relationship building with with outfits like Cal Fire and the National Forest Service to be able to effectively address when it occurs but then in terms of how we're going to build our infrastructure yeah for sure we're thinking about you know where is concrete best where is steel best where should we uh, where we have wood where should we replace it first what we learned in the, in the lava fire is uh, it was a steel bridge that we lost uh, right. almost entirely because uh, in the steel trough was still wood timber to build railroad on, which is a very common practice. And so once the fire caught the wood timber in the steel trough, 
it warped the bridge in its entirety and made it unusable. And we were able to rebuild part of it, but we had to replace about half of it. So it's not, there's not many silver bullets out there. You just gotta, we have to be thoughtful and recognize, and we do, that extreme weather events are occurring much more rapidly and much more frequently. Great insight from a true VIP in the industry. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Trinity Rail, Union Pacific, and Union Pacific Chairman, President, and CEO Lance Fritz for making this podcast possible. For Rail Group on Air, I'm Bill Wilson, and I will see you down the line.